Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. Coming up on this episode, I'm joined by Mark Douglas as we discuss the last 24 hours in the world of Newcastle United. There's only one place to start, and that is the news that the arbitration against the Premier League regarding that Saudi-led takeover of the club has been delayed until early 2022. We answer your questions, we discuss what that means going forward for that deal, and what Mike Ash does this summer. Will he back Steve Bruce or gamble that the side has enough to get through to the new year? I'm also joined by the Newcastle United Supporters Trust, Thomas Concannon, as he discusses the trust's view and what they're doing to help Newcastle United fans get the answers they want on this deal. Plenty of questions answered, put in by you guys. Please remember to like and subscribe to the podcast, whichever platform you're catching us on. Sit back and enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter and later on our podcast channel. I'm Andrew Musgrove. Joined, as you can see, by Mark Douglas. And we're going to talk about the last 24 hours in the world of Newcastle United. Um, just to recap, last night the club released a statement regarding the arbitration hearing between themselves and the Premier League. I'll just read out the statement that the club put out yesterday. It is as follows. The parties attended a hearing today, which was Monday, in the case between Newcastle United and the Premier League. The main hearing of the arbitration has regrettably now been adjourned until early 2022. Due to issues with disclosure of evidence, the parties will be making no further comments at this time. Mark, given the past few weeks uh, where confidence was, was there, Mike Ashley's people were confident. We heard Amanda Stavely, although she wasn't directly involved in the arbitration, she was clearly confident of a positive outcome. Were you surprised yesterday when this statement dropped? Uh, I mean, obviously, surprised that that, um, that the finality of it, if you will, six you know six months, is a long time. Um, I I kind of you know I think like everybody been kind of aware that something was going to drop at any time. Um, well, I, I don't think you know I don't think anybody could have had utter confidence that it was going to go Newcastle's way because with legal proceedings, it's never straightforward. There's never a, there's never a sort of certainty and. I was surprised at the um, at the sort of level of confidence that was being spoken of by Mike Ashley, and in particular, Andrew Stavely on Friday, actually saying, "You know, we'll see you at St James's Park. That this deal will get done," <laughs> because you know they don't have control over this now. You know, they've already lost two um, preliminary kind of hearings of this arbitration, and now obviously. There are problems on both sides with disclosure of evidence, um, which implies that it's much more complicated than, than has been let on. Now, arbitration was obviously only one route. There's also the Petitions Appeals um, Tribunal, which is which, which will now go forward. Um, but as we've said before, you know, that that could take months. Um, and, and, you know, there's no certainty on that one either because it's, you know, it, it very much a, um, you know, that, that that's new territory that's been trodden by, um, by Mike Ashley here. But, you know... 
my questions now are, I mean, you know, it was a surprise at the, at the statement. Obviously, yes, because of the, the, the confidence that we've seen from Mike Ashley. And, and to me, it felt like if it's both parties have kind of got to this point where there's been a disclosure of evidence um, problem, how long have they known that this is the case? Why have we had this push for arbitration to be transparent? Because, you know, if it hasn't actually gone ahead, why was that Why was that an important issue? I understand why it's an important issue because we want we want transparency. And I agree totally with, with the state of the camp on that. But um, there's, there's every, obviously a, a massive measure of disappointment that we're going to be possibly facing another six months of this. Um, the uncertainty, I think, has been incredibly damaging for Newcastle United. This club has been a walking takeover sideshow for 15 months now, arguably even longer than that, because we, we had Kenyon, we had um, Joe DeGrosser, we had Staley's first iteration of her bid. This is now getting into um, two or three years where the takeover has been the main story and Newcastle fans haven't been able to really concentrate on what's happening. And I, and I, I feel that spawned its own industry it's it's now the biggest story around Newcastle United and people are more interested in talking about that than they are about the football club and I wonder whether you know something needs to be done about this it can't go on indefinitely like this and I just feel incredibly sorry for, for Newcastle fans I mean from Stavely's point of view from Ashley's point of view they might say well it's incredibly frustrating but what is six months if we're convinced it's going to happen but they have been convinced it's going to happen for 15 months and at what point do we have to say for the greater good of the football club something needs to happen in terms of if Ashley says I'm sidelining this now for however long we're just going to get on as if we're running the club long term because it hasn't for 12-15 months the club has been run as if Mike Ashley's going to hand the keys over at any minute which is why you've got the manager you've got why they didn't sack him last year why you've not got any new signings why there's so many things have just been left up in the air for 15 months. I think personally, I'm not saying drop the takeover because, you know, this could potentially still be the golden lottery ticket at some point for Newcastle United. Although a bigger issue, which I'm sure we'll get on to later, is whether PIF actually stay involved in this because how much longer are they going to hang around in the background? Well, possibly. Well, I'm not saying they're not there anymore, but I think it's clear that, that their attitude has kind of been, you guys get on with it. We're not getting involved. Nobody from PIF has talked about it. Nobody from PIF um, has said anything publicly while the rest of this stuff's been going on. So that tells you something, even though obviously people from PIF, as far as we're aware, are still involved. They still want to be the owners of Newcastle United. But I feel that, it, you know, something needs to be done and change of emphasis at the football club where they start saying, we're going to start running it as if we are going to be the long-term owners again, which is what Mike Ashley originally did when Kenny was going on. That was and he was still saying we're going to run it as if this club is going to be mine for forever. You know, he said that three three years ago, uh, two years ago, three years ago. Sorry, when yeah, no, two years ago when Steve Bruce got the job, he, he gave that interview to the mail where he said I'm going to be running this forever, rest of my life. Unfortunately, that has to be his attitude now, uh, in my opinion. And the takeover stuff just has to go on in the background and let the lawyers get on with it. Um, less cryptic tweets, less. Um, you know, of that kind of thing. Less, you know, it's been very clear that Stavely um, and her husband want to be at the forefront of it. They, I think they believe genuinely that things were going to happen this summer and they thought they would be in charge again. Um, but obviously they're not going to be. So now I think that for the best, for the best of the club, 
Ashley has to run it as if he's going to be running it in um, two, three, four years' time. He needs to sign some players and he needs to um, do the right things for the club now. A lot of people in the comments asking about the statement yesterday in which it said there was issues with disclosure of evidence and do we know whether it's one side, both sides? I guess that is really the key question from that statement. You know, the fans need and deserve answers. Is this just on the Premier League? Is this the club's issue as well? You know, are both parties at fault here? I don't think, you know, my take on it from, from speaking to a few people is that it wouldn't be one side. It would be both sides because if it was just one side, then it might have proceeded. But there's clearly been things um, on both sides that, that haven't been able to be provided. Um, and that is, you know, that that that's obviously caused, caused the problem that we've got right now. Um, without any transparency for this, which is, to be fair to Amanda Staveley, is her point um, all along, without any transparency, without this having been able to play out in public, we just don't know. Um, and I would be speculating, but the information that, that, that's been fed is that there were, there were issues on both sides. Um, but, you know, again, we, 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 what would be great is if we could find out from from the Premier League and from um, the Stavely camp and from, well, obviously he's not involved in arbitration. This is actually Mike Ashley's, um, Mike Ashley's arbitration claim. So if she can, um, if, sorry, if the club can tell us who, who, it is that's, um, who it is that's had the problem, then that would be much bigger. And of course, Mike Ashley is all for transparency now. So let's see that see that information and I think I should just share everybody's frustration really because we get information around the sides of it and I think what's been interesting in the last few weeks in particular is that um, we've seen the interview that she gave to TalkSport, Sky Sports and Tyne Tees, um, the messages that came across from that uh, are the messages that you know obviously been flying around off the record for a long time and people would sort of say well why did you get things so wrong last summer? We well, can see now that the messages that come across are very confident there's, there's clearly a you know a belief that it's going to happen and, and you know i'm not saying that, that, that that's not correct um but it, it with this process and the situation we're in now there isn't a certainty around it there isn't a certainty that it's going to happen so you know we have to look upon sort of very certain statements that's going to happen in xyz um we have to say those have been proven wrong um on more than one occasion in this in this whole scenario so you know, it feels very uncertain at the moment about whether that takeover is going to happen. Um, I'll always believe that it could happen because you've got the willing people there. Um, but when you get into these legal battles, you know, the cat case, a lot of people talking about up now as if that could that could change change the game. And we'll see, you know, it, it, it may be it's a different sort of thing, but people with legal knowledge seem to be suggesting that that, that could play out over a long, long period. Um, the best scenario for the buyers would be if a compromise could be released, released and an agreement could be reached with the Premier League um, that is away from all these court cases, but hasn't been a willingness on the part of the Premier League to do that. And I would guess the kind of state of the statements that's been that have been released by um, Newcastle over the last few uh, months would suggest that um, a deal isn't particularly close, but obviously that would be the best case scenario. And I assume that would come from them not them having bits out there that they wouldn't want out in the public domain. Um, that seems to be the suggestion. But again, you know, it, it's it's a theory. It, there's nothing to support that at the moment. We'll get on to the CAC case in a moment and plenty of questions as well for you, Martin, in the comments. But I'm going to welcome Thomas Concannon from 
NUST now into the stream. Thomas, thanks for joining us here on the Everything is Black and White podcast. Um, the Trust sent out a long statement last night. Um, a few of the points I'm going to read out now, the need for transparency across all aspects. Uh, you guys want to know how indeed the Premier League are protecting Newcastle, which is one of the things put forward by Richard Masters um, earlier this year. And obviously the last line, we all deserve better. Um, yeah, I mean, how are you feeling today after the uh, you know the last 24 hours? Frustrated is probably the best word I can use. It's um, it's just really difficult. Again, it's just it's never easy, is it? Um, that this is just a constant roller coaster of of emotion for all fans involved, and I think that's the that's the hardest things to, that's the hardest thing to take. Um, I'm sure many people are are quite annoyed this morning that this is just going to continue even longer. One of the things that was in the statement was to urge Mike Ashley to kind of, you know, uh, improve the squad this summer, given, you know, the season is just, uh, well, less than a month away now. Um, how important is that, do you feel, for Newcastle United to see Bruce going forward? I think it's vital, isn't it? You know, we, we're in a situation where, regardless of who owns the football club, you know, he, he owns it right now and he needs to make sure that we're striving to be the best that we can be. And... It just feels as though that this this whole takeover scenario is is an excuse to to just you know try and just hope and pray for the best that, that things are going to be okay next season. It felt that way last season. It'll definitely be the case this season because you know the reported transfer budgets and everything else. Um, I'm 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 worried. I'm I'm really worried. I'm worried that this this whole issue won't even be a Premier League issue for much longer. If um, if this continues, you know, well into next season, even towards the end of next season, that it might not be their issue anymore. And and I think, you know, so he has to make sure that this is that we're covered and that we're still going to be protected going into the Premier League season. Um, that 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 the resources are going to be available. That um, that Steve that Steve Bruce can spend a little bit of money and that just to make sure that we stay up. In terms of transparency and getting clarity for the fans on the subject of the takeover, how important is that? Do you feel? And I mean, we've been everyone's been kind of banging the drum. We have here at the Chronicle, you guys have at the Trust, um, other media organisations as well for many, many months. Just how frustrated is the Trust that here we are, you know, more than twelve months um, later after the, the deal was kind of pulled off the table, and we're still fighting for those answers. Exactly. It, it is incredibly frustrating, especially from the trust, because we've been, this was the biggest message that we tried to push when we met with the Premier League 11 months ago. The transparency angle, it, you know, it was absolutely vital because these people hold all the cards to the future of our football club. Yet we don't, we, as, as in, you know, in our opinion, we're the most important people in all of this and, and we're kept completely in the dark. Um, and, and that's the most frustrating thing from a, from a trust point of view, that, that we've been banging this drum for so long yet no one seems to be listened to. And, you know, especially after everything that's happened during the pandemic and everything after the whole European Super League and them claiming as to how important fans are, yet we see no proof of that. We never see any proof of that. It, it's it's the same thing over and over again where they talk a good game, but when it boils down to it, we're the last ones to know anything. Another potential six-month delay just to get any answers. I mean, that is devastating for the fan base. Um, how are the trust kind of how, how do you think the trust will handle that because I'm sure you probably get lots of emails frustrated emails from members from fans um, yeah I mean another six months it's just it's just no good for anybody is it? it it definitely isn't I mean from a trust point of view we've got so much to do 
do anyway in terms of hoping to liaise with the club about the return of fans and how complicated that's going to be. Um, you know, ticketing issues, there'll be issues around people that can't return yet who want to keep their season ticket and everything else, you know. There's, so there's other stuff going on as well that will be quite important to the trust. But in terms of the Premier League issue, we've just got to try and use any avenue that's open to us, be it through the, the Football Supporters Association and try and liaise with people at the Premier League that way um, and keep pushing through other channels, whether it be through MPs, you know, just anything that football fans can do to try and get this done um, or, or to try and open things up a little bit more, um, you know, so that we, we can just have some clarification as to, as to what's going to happen. Fans need to know where they stand. Fans need the option to make up their minds going forward. And they're not going to be able to do that on, on, on no information. There'll be a lot of fans who, who, whose return to games will be based on this takeover going through. There'll be a lot of people who just won't, who won't go back unless this takeover goes through. So there's, it, it delays that process as well of a lot of people waiting to come back to games, and they just won't, and they just don't know when they'll be able to. And Mark, I guess Thomas makes an excellent point there. It's not just transfers that you know Newcastle need to sort out. There are loads of other issues. Not least, as Thomas mentions there, the fans coming back, the 10,000 free season tickets they gave out um, before the pandemic. There's a lot of stuff that needs to be addressed on and off the pitch. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, amazingly, you know, the, the, the issue of season tickets and, and those kind of things, other clubs put them, have put on sale and, and, and are starting to communicate with, the, uh, with their supporters. Newcastle haven't done that, um, you know. I think the problem is through the whole of last season they, they got used to not not you know not needing to do these things. I, I think you know we have to be honest. They've had a lot of staff on furlough for a long time, um, and and just generally I think the club, um, you know, I, I there are some good people at the club who try to communicate, who try to to do bits for for um, for fans, and, and they're just not supported enough. Because as I go back to what I said before, I genuinely think Mike Ashley, Lee Charnley, and and a lot of other people there believe that they weren't going to be at the club any longer so they are running it day to day pretty much and last season was all about getting to the end of the season so we can get to arbitration we can get to all these things we can get some resolution on it we can get the club sold um but we you know i think thomas absolutely nailed it there you know how can a club be left um in limbo for so long and, and it's it, mike ashley for me is it's obviously to play premier league also after a duty of care i mean thomas you know, did an absolutely outstanding job with the Premier League and getting some of the answers because they've they've actually not stuck to what they said to Thomas. Um, I think now it's on them to, you know, they, they might say, well, we don't want to speak to every every fan. You've got a trust there, democratically elected, one of the biggest in the country. Speak to them. They won't tell us anything. They just give us a no comment. So speak to the trust. Thomas, are you frustrated with what Richard Masters said to you guys when you met him about, you know, there'll be a time when we can be open about this to give more information? And here we are all these months later and we're still waiting on that. And and, and as your statement says, and the previous statements by the Trust as well, you know, the fans deserve better. They deserve answers to what has happened with this deal. It is frustrating. It really is frustrating because I, I felt at the time that, that Richard Masters, you know, or what he said anyway, was that Newcastle United were being protected. That was one thing that, that we asked, you know, are Newcastle United at the forefront of your mind here in all, all of your decision-making? Because at the end of the day, that's who's most important. Um, and it is frustrating to see that, you know, he was adamant that he wanted a time and place to be able to talk about everything that's happened. 
Um, and it feels as though he's he's been given ample opportunity to do that, and and they've just refused it every every step of the way, um, which we just don't understand. Um, you know, they they have a good relation. The Premier League have a good relationship with the Football Supporters Association, which is the one. You know, they they were the ones that got us in the room, and we just hope that through that channel we'll be able to continue putting that pressure on, and and we hope that the FSA will back us up on that as well, because I'm sure that they can understand our frustrations throughout this whole thing. Um, and we just hope that through them we can continue adding that pressure on 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 the Premier League, um, and hopefully force them into a situation where they will talk to us and they will talk to as many people as possible. And we understand that they can't go out and talk to everyone. Totally get that. Um, that makes sense to go through a certain channel. And we just hope that because we've had that that you know that channel was open to us before, we hope it will be again. Is that the case now for the next kind of the few next few days, next few weeks? You guys in the statement says you'll be exploring all avenues. Is, are you guys now just sitting down and, and trying to plot the next move for how you can represent Newcastle United fans? Hundred percent, absolutely. You know, we'll, we'll be trying straight away with 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 the FSA. We'll see see what channels are open to us. See if they can help in any way, shape, or form. I dare say, um, unfortunately, I, I think that that door will be closed at the other side. I, I, you know, from the Premier League, I don't think they will speak to us about this. Um, I think they'll speak to fans about certain issues, about the return of fans and, and everything else. And I think those conversations will be had. But I think anything to do with the Newcastle United takeover will be will be quite quiet on from them. Um, but we can only try. That's all we can do. Um, as long as we know that then we can hold our heads high, I suppose. But um, yeah, it's still disappointing, though, because it's, it's a bit demoralising when you, you keep trying, you keep trying, and, and you just don't get anywhere with these people. And, and that's what needs to change. And that, that's what I'm hoping that this is where I think the fan-led review is the biggest thing. Um, I think that that has to be the, the thing that really changes changes everything going forward for the years to come. Mark, so mute his mic. Were you going to come in with something there, Mark? Or No, I was just going to say, um, I think Tom's absolutely spot on about that. There's two really, um, there's two like, long-term things. And, and I know Newcastle fans right now want instant answers and they want they want to have the silver bullet that gets this takeover through. They want, they, they want to know what they can do. Um, we've seen loads of good sort of direct action in terms of lobbying MPs and things like that. And, you know, protests and things like that that, that work. But the two things... I think Tom's totally right about the fan review. There's a questionnaire that all fans can fill in. Second one, and you know we haven't mentioned it much in the last few weeks because um, everybody's been focused on the takeover, is the 1892 pledge. I've just checked there, £125,000 raised from ordinary supporters. You know, we said it was going to be a long-term thing. That's three months down the line. You know, if we're still in this situation in two years, I mean, it's clearly going to go on for another six months. If we're still in a situation in two, three, four years' time, we're going to be at a stage where, you know, they have we have raised enough money to to get the stake that we kind of want, and you know, it 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 doesn't. I know I understand. We live in a social media age where people on Twitter want to kind of like say, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" I mean, they've, they've kind of levelled it at the Chronicle and said, "Why can't you do more?" Level it at the Trust. Why can't you do more? Um, well, they you know, this direct action. You know, I'm sure there will be things that the Trust will do and, and voices that they will that will make heard and represent the case much better. But as well as that, you need the you need the diplomacy down the back channels and also need to be able to do something like the 1892 pledge, which I would urge everybody to, to take a look at um, who hasn't yet done it. Um, you know, I give a very really small amount, but every month 
Uh, I'm sure a lot of people do. And, and you know, you're getting there. It's getting there. That's the thing. It's it's horrible to think that it might be five, ten years down the line when that when you raise enough money to, to buy a stake. But um, for me, as frustrating as it feels, that was a day of hope. That was a kind of week of hope, and the hope's still there. Yeah, I've got. I'm a, I do want to as well. It's a brilliant um, pledge to make. So fingers crossed, something can come of it. Um, finally, Thomas. Just a bit about what Mark said, obviously on social media, there's still critics of this trust, there's still critics of the pledge. And what would you say to those people who are not yet on board with what you guys do? And I think our position, Mark and myself, you know, we, we think you guys do excellent work. What would you say, though, to those who still need a bit of persuading that the trust, you know, um, would be the right move for Newcastle United fans? Just that, you know, we are, first and foremost, we are fans like everyone else, you know, and, and we are elected by by the members, you know, and it's not just a, a few people. This The last election alone was about 6,000 people voted in it. Now, we realise that, that a trust isn't for everyone and that people don't like being told what to do. But when it boils down to it, there are fans there that will fight our corner, whether it be me, you know, anyone else that's on the board, anyone else that comes on the board in the next election. You know, there's people there that that try to fight our corner on every topic, not just the takeover. It's everything. So it's 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 tickets. It's you know the return of fans to stadiums, even the likes of Strawberry Place. You know, being sold away from from the football club. There's loads of things that that, that the trust put themselves behind, and we are people. We are approachable as well. You know, we don't hide. We're all we're all on social media. You know, we can, we're all. You can email us, you know. Um, I'm sure most people on the board would be happy to have a, a conversation over the phone or even over a pint now that we can uh, we'll be going back to the game soon. And and I just wish that people would just give give the supporters trust a chance, you know. Like I say, we have we're not hiding anywhere. I know that a lot of people say that we don't do a lot, but I think that's more based on frustration around the whole takeover that not a lot's getting done and 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 the majority of people are just looking for someone to blame. That's what it feels like that as soon as anyone has an opinion or has some involvement in this, however small that part is, they're in the firing line to take some blame on the fact as to why it's not getting done. When in the reality, this is taking place in a courtroom and that's where, you know, and the people willing to spend £300 million have all the power in this in this whole situation. And and we just hope that those those people who have the power can can make this this happen for us one way or the other, you know, because we just need to know, we need to know an answer. Um but in terms of the trust, we'll just continue to do as much as we possibly can in, in the avenues that are open to us. You know, um, we have to be somewhat respectful of the people that we deal with and and try and get answers that way. You know, there's there's other groups for, for everything else in terms of protests. We have, you know, many, many great people who are willing to put their, their neck on the line to try things. And we, we, they, we just believe that the way that we go about things is, is the way to do things, uh, you know, from, from a trust perspective. Um, other people can do their own thing on the side, and that's absolutely fine as well. Um, we're all fighting for the same thing. We all want this takeover to go through. Um, we're not the enemy, is is what I would say. You know, we, we're all on the same side, and it is quite disappointing when you do get a, quite a bit of stick that you're not doing a lot. When when you know fine well that you are, it is quite disappointing. But um, it is what it is. It's part of the course, isn't it? So um, we just have to we just have to keep trying and, and hopefully win some people over in the future. Thank you for tuning in to Everything is Black and White podcast. We'll get back to the show in just a moment. We just urge you guys to please subscribe to the podcast through whichever platform you use. Totally free to do. Just means every time we upload a new episode to our channel, you'll get a notification saying we've done just that 
and you can listen to it straight away. And if you get the chance to leave us a review as well, that would be much appreciated. That really does help us out. You can also follow Chronicle Live's new Cash United channels over on social media. We're at Chronicle NUFC on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can email us here at the show with your feedback, your comments, your questions, whatever. Just drop us a line at the EIBW podcast at reachplc.com. And you can also stay up to date with everything to do with the club by subscribing to our daily Newcastle United newsletter. That's also free. And you'll get a morning news roundup, an evening news roundup, and a breaking news alert as well. And that'll get emailed directly to your inbox. The link for that is in the show notes. Hit that, scroll down to sport Newcastle United tick the box and you'll all be signed up once again thank you for listening and we'll now get back to the show there more i mean really interesting stuff there from thomas um we'll dive into a few of the questions um that people have put on for you we'll start with this one from our youtube channel from flurry topeka uh he or she asks what do you make of her Goodies tweet in uh, which he said there's only one party playing games here. Of course, he is the husband of Amanda Stavling. Mm. Oh, it's a, again, very strident um, point of view. I think, you know, they feel that I, I would I would guess. I mean, obviously, he didn't expand on it. So um, I don't want to put any any words into his mouth. I mean, I'm sure um, there will come a point where he, he probably does expand exactly what that means. But it's, it's been very clear that they believe that the Premier League are trying to hold things up, trying to delay. Um, delaying tactics and, and things. Again, it goes back to the question, doesn't it, about who was who was not um, willing to help with the disclosure of evidence. Um, it's been reported that it was both sides, um, but if they're claiming it's only one side in that tweet, then um, then, then then there you go. You know, uh, I kind of appreciate the fact that he does communicate and that there, you know the tweets are happening and stuff. But you know, the problem is that. Sometimes it's left open to interpretation, and obviously um, this is another one where it's left open to interpretation. Clearly, there's a, the belief from the, the consortium is that the Premier League are the problem here. Uh, nobody else, they believe that they've given every single scrap of evidence that's required to get it through. So, so it, it, you know, it's very much in keeping with that belief. But um, you know, I, I, I think probably the Premier League, maybe privately, would have something different to say, but um, with no comment from them um mere dad has the uh, has the floor on this one and he will i'm sure have a lot of sympathy amongst newcastle fans uh, roger cook asks could the cat case not reveal enough that the arbitration will not be necessary and we spoke about this earlier in the show there's lots of people pushing that sort of theory mm. we will state that neither you or i or uh you know clued up too much on the legal side of things well what can you offer roger on that question yeah, I'm, obviously it could yeah it absolutely could um there's, uh, I, I've kind of made um, made the acquaintance of a journalist um, with uh, MLX, who's an absolute authority on on arbitration, a real, um, you know, not not just amongst football, but he knows, you know, he he is one of the kind of leading journalists in terms of the um, the competition appeals tribunal. He, he really knows his stuff, and he wrote a, a really interesting piece that I, that I spoke to him about, how basically saying that this is uncharted territory. For the Premier League, it could potentially this and the Super League um, case, which is being brought by uh, in the European courts, could potentially change everything. Um, at the moment, the Premier League are the gatekeepers to their own organisation. They decide who gets to play in the Premier League. Now, the whole point of the cat case is that the, the Mike Ashley through St James's Holdings is saying that is totally and utterly 
anti-competitive and um, you do not apply the rules fairly. Um, you um, you are you basically created a cartel in which you only allow certain people in, and it will be up to the Premier League to kind of defend that case. Now, you know, there's definitely a possibility that it wins. I think my issue, as I've said loads of times on this podcast before, is that that is going to be a very, in my opinion, I don't know. You know, we've heard it said elsewhere that it's could be a resolution before the end of the year. Um, legal people I've spoken to said it could be a very, very long time because you need to employ um, economic experts who can tell you whether there has been, you know, because obviously part of the claim is for damages as well. Um, so you have to employ people who can tell you, who can estimate how much money has been lost by something happening, you know, and that has to take in a, a load of different, um, a load of different factors. So I think it's going to be a long-term thing. Um, they've, they're very bullish about this cat case, but again, they were very bullish about arbitration, weren't they? Um, you know, it feels like it was a pressure tactic by Mike Ashley. Um, but again, we will see what it holds. It's, it's uncharted territory. But yeah, that is a possibility. That is very much a possibility. It's an optimistic possibility, I think. It's it's erring it's on the side of, of, you know, optimistic that that happens. But is it impossible? Absolutely not. Um, just before we we got into a final few questions, we have a pre well we have a season preview coming out very soon. I've popped the uh, the link on how to order that into the comments, and um, you can get a digital copy, you can get a paperback copy. All the details are on there. Um, please do have a look, and if you fancy getting it, sign up and, and get your uh, copy ordered. Mark um, Stephen Potterhook asks, why did the Magpies agree to this the delay with the arbitration? Do you think? Um... I, it, I mean, to me, it would suggest that, as I said before, that both sides um, have had issues with disclosure. Um, six months feels like a, an awfully long time. Um, for me, I would I would have thought it would be six weeks, six days, um, something along those lines, if it was a very simple issue to resolve. Six months to me feels kicking it into the long grass very much um, with almost the intention that it might be resolved before then one way or another. Um, but. I, I feel that the, the Newcastle obviously have some issues over disclosure as well themselves, so they need the time to get to get that all um, to get all the ducks in the row in, in that way as well. And you know, it feels to me like Mike Ashley is almost getting to the point where he's like he's so he's in so deep with this um, the PIF bid that he's kind of got to the point where it's like, well, what, what difference does six months make? But again, without the kind of insight that Mike Ashley can give, I can't really give a reason. All I can say is that, that that's the reason why. And there's a lot of people now doubting whether this takeover will, will happen full stop because of that, the length of that delay. It took a few people by surprise that it was it's that much of a delay. They've agreed to it. Um, and now they're going to go into this next season. I think that worries me more than the fact that it's not happened. The alternative suggestion is that they want the cap to start and that because it'll be played out in public or it will, there will be a you know some public disclosure in that that plays into their hands a little bit more um we will see we will see we've been down this road a lot of times how many times i've been here saying i feel you know optimistic based on the noises that we're hearing you know a lot and that's why i think probably optimism on that side needs to be you know mitigated by the fact that you know We've been here before with optimism. 
Just on that season preview supplement, it'll only cost you £1.25 to get a hard copy to your door. That just covers the postage and pageant. So essentially, it's free minus the postage caution. So do get yourself signed up to that. Um, Mark, we mentioned the six-month uh, delay. For me, that seems a bit of a gamble. If Mike Ashley's still going to pin his hopes on this deal going through in six months because we could get the arbitration in early 2022 and he still might not win it. Even if he does win it, many people believe it will just reset the process. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to get waved through. It means that like I said the process is reset, and then you get, then it, it might not even get waved through once that process is reset. So, do you think he will just keep his hopes pinned on the Saudi PF, or do you think he will open the door to potential other uh, buyers of which he hasn't done, you know, over the last year? I think in the short term. He's committed to Saudi. He's committed to the, this deal. Um, there's a lot of water gone under the bridge now with this. I think he, he he wants this deal. I think that might change if somebody comes and actually puts money in front of him, like this group have. The reason he's so keen on this bit is because he sees it as I've had a lot of people come to me and say we're going to buy it, do all the due diligence, spend all the money on lawyers' fees, and then not end up having the money to buy it i can think of at least three groups that have done that um why they then couldn't raise the money who knows and i think mike ashley's gone a long way down that road before and doesn't want to go down that road again so i think he sees this as this is the way out this gets me a hundred million pound profit i know they're good for the money um we've agreed to deal it's the only time that i've been sure that it's actually going to happen that's why he's so committed to it um, the question of whether somebody else can come in um, is is a big one. You know, the, we know we know the people who are in, interested. We know there are people interested. There was a guy um, at the week who's ended up um, buying or investing in Benfica, who seemed to have put down a deposit or was willing to put down a deposit. We know Red Bull, who were the group uh, Billy Beans group, were interested in buying a stake. James Colotta uh, of Roma, very interested in Newcastle United, keeps mentioning them. I think will if this doesn't go through will make an approach i think he's already done due diligence on the football club and there will be others as well there'll be others as well in the in the in the background but the fact is that the saudi pif amanda stavely rubens bid is the one that has that has proven to have the money has a business plan they have the money to invest in the club it makes sense the only thing they can't do is get it through and the frustration for me is that i don't think they envisage these problems they would say we didn't envisage the problems because the premier league changed the goalposts um maybe others might say they didn't anticipate the problem because they were being a bit naive about the whole thing um whatever the rights and wrongs are it, we're now 16 months 15 16 months down the line we've been talking about this for years Lovely sunny day outside. I remember the day it broke. It was a beautiful sunny day. We've gone through four seasons. We've gone through a football season. We've, we've gone through a pandemic. Um, and we're still not there. And that, to me, suggests that at some point this can't go on forever. Um, and it maybe will encourage people who had given up to maybe come back and say, OK, we're, in, we're interested again. Um the good thing, and I've spoken to a few people who are investors in football in the last year, 
And they all say the same thing. That Mike Ashley, as much as the Newcastle fans don't like him, has got the club in perfect position to be bought. They have very few um, long-term binding um, debts now, apart from the one that's owned to the owner. They are fairly self-sustainable, even through a pandemic. You know, the, the um, accounts will eventually come out uh, in the next few weeks and they will show a club that obviously lost a lot of money last year. But because their costs are so low, have the ability to, to ride that pandemic and anybody wants to come in. I mean, the PIF, we're talking about 50 million a, year, a summer for transfers. That isn't massive money. We're not talking, that is not 250 million every, it's a lot of money that can buy you a Joe Willock and another, a, another really good first team player. But that, the, the word from the PIF was 50 million pound transfer window. That isn't, you know, somebody else can come in and possibly, you know, do that. So it's there. It's there for somebody who wants it. Um, I think if somebody comes in, but I think the noise around this, the clear facts as well, that the fans want this deal, 97% want this deal, has put people off in the past. So they'll let it ride for the cat, I think. Um, it'll be probably six months now. They'll have to start planning for the season ahead. Um, and if we're still in this situation next year, you know, I, I'd be very surprised if we have the same feverish feel about the takeover that there has been for the last um, year. So I think people are getting fed up of it, to be honest. Yeah, um, 100%. I really do. Um, we'll, we'll finish on this summer because now that we've had the delay, Mike Ashley is clearly going to be in charge, at least for the remainder of the window um, and probably six months down the line leading into that January transfer window, ironically enough. But this summer, it's clear Newcastle need improvements. We know Joe Willick's the priority, but they also, um, Steve Bruce would also, looks like he wants a defender. Many fans want a striker to come in. There's work to be done. Will this delay force Mike Ashley to, to dip into his pocket a bit more? Or do you see him sticking with that reported, what, we have 10, 15 million pound budget and gambling that Newcastle have got enough to get to January where he hopes, we think, the arbitration would rule in his favour? Well, he did it last summer. Um, I would say that for him. Uh, and, and, you know, he was being told last summer that this deal was going to happen. I mean, September, they believe that the political pressure that was being applied and, you, you know, we saw the disclosures that have been made in the last uh, in the last three or four months clearly show, clearly show that there was intense pressure being put on people uh, around the um, ar around the fringes of this deal. So, to me, it feels like I would think that he will, that there will be some money released. Um, he likes Steve Bruce. He doesn't want to leave Steve Bruce totally flapping in the wind, which I think he knows that if he doesn't bring the players in, he will. Um, this time last year, they'd signed signed Jeff Hendrick, hadn't they, already? Um, and they were well on the way with Ryan Fraser. Obviously, Callum Wilson ended up signing in August, I think. So they can do the deal. The, the transfer window has been very, you know, although Newcastle clearly need new players, the transfer window has been incredibly slow so far. I don't think there'll be massive amounts of business. I think there'll be a lot of loans um, doing the rounds. Newcastle are in good position to bring players in that way because they, they handled Joe Willock so well last year. I think Joe Willock will sign for Newcastle. Um, personally, if you ask me, I think that will that deal will happen. It'll be a loan deal um, with, a, with a potential obligation to buy. I think they'll also bring in another loan. I think they'll bring in two, two loan midfielders and I think they'll probably sign a a, um, a defender, um, but they'll be in 
they'll be in the mercy they'll be at the mercy of fate with strikers because they don't have uh, somebody who can come in and replace Alan Wilson and obviously he did get a couple of injuries last year and the other thing that, that worries you a little bit is obviously Alan Samaxon was very vocal last uh, few months ago about needing Newcastle to kind of kick on and keep going um, if they were going to if they were going to get any better now will they look at Alan Samaxon massive fans favourite obviously changed the game for them loads of times last year will they look at Alan Samaxon and say Yes, he was, but he played, I think, I can't remember what it, what it is. It's about 40% of the games he missed last season or didn't finish. Um, will they look at it and say, if we can raise the sort of, I think, 75 million that we want for him, do we take the money and reinvest in the rest of the squad, bring in Joe Willock and then and then add other players? That That's that's the gamble. Now, that would be the kind of very big gamble that they, they, they did make in 2011, 2012, when they sold quite a few of those players and reinvested in the likes of Yoenga that. But I don't think they're in that mind frame at the moment. I think they're very much a case of we'll bring one or two in and hope that it, it gets us over the line. I think Willock will come back and then I think they really need to, to go out and buy one player who can really add to them because, you know, yes, they were improving towards the end of last season, but it was with Willock um, and it was with Samakman doing well and it was with um, Callum Wilson as well. They are. I don't think it's going to be as clear cut relegation wise next season as it was this season. I think Brentford will come up and have a go. Norwich, you'd think they'll be early favourites to go down, but again, you know they've had they've had another year of experience. They they're a very settled team. Um, they caused Newcastle all kinds of problems last time in the Premier League as well. Um, and Watford, obviously, you know they're not new. They're not newcomers either. They're not like they're not going to be ripping boys. I think Brentford, ironically, will will come up ready to ready to go um, and they might stay up as well. So you might be looking at a whole new cropper team struggling next season. And Newcastle's goal with the start that they've got is to get points on the board. They don't want to be taking risks. Um, and, you know, you, you look at that squad and you look at the way they played on uh, Sunday and you say, you know, they need something. It, it helps the players who are in the squad if you get new players in. It really does add a layer of kind of competition and things as well. So they need players. Um, I think Ashley, you know, I think Ashley, as much as I don't trust the man in a lot of ways, um, I think he will come through and they probably will end up signing the two or three players that they need. Um, and, you know, they, they need to, they need to because they aren't, they aren't yet ready, I think, to have a season where you'd look at them going into it and saying they're in trouble. You know, I, th I think if they bring in two or three, they can be mid-table again. Um, or maybe even better, you never know. But, if they don't, then I think they're in relegation. They're in a relegation battle. Yeah, fingers crossed. We see some new signs sooner rather than later. Mark, thank you for popping on to the Everything is Black and White podcast. You guys watching and listening, we appreciate your company as always. Please remember to like and subscribe through whichever platform you are joining us through and head over to chroniclelive.co.uk to keep with it with all the latest Newcastle United news.